listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Good morning. How's everybody doing? All right, we're going to start with the sing-along. Here we go. It's the most wonderful time of the year. All right, ask permission to put your arm around the person next to you, and let's sway back and forth. It's the most wonderful. My wife is very happy because there's no one sitting next to her because she's an introvert. (laughs) If you know me at all, uh, you know that I love Christmas. Christmas is like my, my season. Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of the heat, which is unfortunate because I live in California. I love this rainy, gloomy kind of weather that we have right now. It's so good. But Christmas is where it's at for me. I, I, my, my wife, um, uh, like, we have a 10-year-old son. We have two sons, um, but, but one of them is 10, and his name's Owen, and he's just like me. He's so excited about Christmas. He's been begging to watch Home Alone for, like, months and months and months, and I'm like, no, you can't watch it until after Thanksgiving because then it won't be special if you watch it all the time, you know, and, and everybody else thinks that's dumb, but that's my rule. Um, and then you can watch it 50 times after Thanksgiving, but... So I just, I sincerely, sincerely love uh, Christmas, but it, it, though it's the most wonderful time of the year, it's also super stressful. Who feels that? Anybody? Anybody feel the stress of, of this season? You got gift shopping, right? Which the greatest invention in the world is Amazon Prime, in my opinion, for Christmas. But... Um, but you got gift shopping, and, and, and you don't want your gift to be lame, so you have to like think about it and be an intentional, or just do what I do and have your wife tell you what to get, like what, specifically. Um, but you got gift shopping, and you got traveling, and you got party planning, and you got food prep, and you got party attending, and who's stressed just listening to all that? Like I am kind of, right? And, and uh, what, are you, what am I going to get? Grandma Elva for Christmas. Like, she has everything. Like, she's 90 years old. Like, what am I going to get her? How about a smelly candle? Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, wait, no, it can't be too smelly because she has a smell thing. and She really doesn't like some smell. So, okay, um, what about a unscented white candle? Yes, perfect. That's good, right? Um, I mean, anybody have gifts they have to give like that? Like, you have to think through, like, all the, all the do's and don'ts of the gift? I see some head nods. Okay, so I'm not, so we're not alone. But uh, actually, Kim's grandma, Elva, is awesome. She's, she's, she's really easy to get gifts for because she just tells us what she wants. So, um, <laughs> But uh, Christmas, my point is Christmas time is not only the most wonderful time of the year, in my opinion, but it also can be very stressful. And uh, one of my favorite parts of Christmas time is the white elephant gift exchange. Anybody know what that is? Anybody not know what that is? Ever heard of that? You don't know what that is? Okay, let me tell you. So uh, this is where everybody, everybody brings a gift to a party that they don't want. 
they don't want, right? Or, or something that they would, they would never buy for themselves that's terrible, right? Um, and, and, uh, and at the party, you pile all the gifts together under the tree, and people get to choose when it's their turn. And the real fun comes in after a few gifts have been given, because here's the deal, uh, each gift can be stolen up to three times, by other people, right? And um, so let's say it's my turn. I can, I can potentially pick a new terrible gift or I can choose from the, the terrible gifts that have already been unwrapped and, and uh, I can look around and steal uh, one that is the least terrible, right? right? And, and so that's, that's kind of the deal. And, and uh, at least with the latter option, you kind of know what terrible you're getting, right? <laughs> But, but I've been to, uh, I mean, the fun really is to find the most terrible gift that you can give. I mean, that's really where the fun comes in, aside from stealing gifts from people. Um, I think my wife gave one time, she found this really strange Christmas ornament that had like a baby head, doll head in it. And it was like the blinky eye kind, and no. Um, but like finding them, I think... I mean, I think I've attended hundreds of, of these uh, gift exchanges, and they're always super fun. I can't remember everything that I've given in or received in these exchanges, but I definitely have a faint memory of giving a toilet seat at once, at one, at one time. Um, Sometimes I like to shake things up, though, at these white elephant gift parties. I like to get something that's really actually kind of good and watch everybody else fight over it. Like, that, that's, that's the thing I, I like to do sometimes. For some reason, I find it really entertaining uh, for someone to walk out with a $30 gift card to a store and another person to leave the party with, like, a box of rocks or something like that. <laughs> like, that's just entertaining. I'm, I'm twisted like that, I guess. But, um, but, uh, but honestly, that's, that's, that's kind, that kind of gift exchange is what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Uh, we're starting a new teaching series this week called The Gift Exchange. And, uh, but this gift exchange has a lot more potential to change your life forever than any other guaranteed white elephant gift exchange you've been to, right? Um, God wants to give you some incredible gifts this Christmas season, but he will only exchange them. He won't just give them to you. He will only exchange them for something else in your life. And did you know that God is the best gift giver ever, like even better than Michael Scott of The Office. Like he's, he's really good. Uh, that one time Michael Scott gave Ryan the iPod shuffle back in the day, like that was a big, big deal. Uh, but God's better than that. He'll give you an iPod. No, I'm just kidding. I can't back that up. Um, but, uh, but God is the best give, gift giver ever, and he doesn't even mind if your gift to him is terrible. He really doesn't. Uh, in fact, he wants you to give him the things in your life that are harmful to you, that you hold on to. And he's cool like that. He, he's totally okay with walking out of the white elephant party with the box of rocks, right? He's, uh, the, the box of rocks could also contain your worry and anxiety 
right? Or it could uh, contain your hurt and your pain, something that hurt you, right? Um, and, and maybe even for some people, this season brings up grief, you know, that maybe they've suffered a loss in their family. And, and uh, so um, maybe that box of rocks contains the, the, the grief and despair of this season that you feel and are holding on to. Uh, this Christmas season, God wants to exchange gifts with you. He wants to exchange your worry for his peace. He wants to exchange your hurt for his healing. And he wants to exchange your grief for his joy. So that's where we're headed this Christmas season. It's a little different from what we normally do, and I really just felt a strong pull in this direction. So let's, let's drive in. Uh, drive in? Dive in. How about that? Um, God wants to exchange with you today. The exchange that God wants to do with you today is his uh, peace for your worry, worry or anxiety. How, how many in the room, if you're brave enough, wrestle with a little bit of anxiety? Yeah, I, I do too, my hand's up. I wrestle with anxiety. And um, it's, it's uh, you know, with all the hustle and bustle of this season, it can get really aggravated. Um, with the state of the world today, I think we could all use a little bit more peace in our lives. But before we continue, let's define the type of worry and anxiety we are talking about and, we're, and the type of worry and anxiety that we're not talking about. Um, there's a difference between worry and caution, right? There's a difference between worry and caution. Like, like I don't want you to leave this message thinking, Jason said I could go jump off a bridge because I don't need to worry about it. Like, like you need to be able to exercise some caution, right, in your life. So we're, so we're not talking about caution. Uh, we, should be, we should be weary of dangerous situations. And uh, this is, there's also a difference between worry and wisdom, Right? There's a difference between worry and wisdom. Being conservative in your decision making, maybe choosing to pay that bill over going and, and blowing money on Christmas presents or, or, or whatever. Being conservative in your decision making doesn't mean you're worrying. It might just mean you're wise. Being conservative, right? It might just mean there's a difference between, between worry and wisdom. Uh, so what is worry? Worry is allowing your mind to dwell on a potentially negative outcome beyond our actual control. That's what worry is. That's the worry we're talking about today. This is the worry we're talking about. Worry is allowing your mind to dwell on potentially negative outcomes beyond our actual control. Jesus addressed it like this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 34. He's, he's just told his disciples that you cannot serve 
God and money. No, no man can serve two masters for you'll love one and hate the other or love one and despise the other. And you, you cannot serve God and money. That's what the therefore is there at the beginning of this passage. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. You Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan of life, his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, for the Gentiles seek after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But first, seek, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right, so let's break that down a little bit. Jesus gives us two primary examples of worry. And one of them is food and drink, and the other is clothing. And so what we put into our bodies to sustain it, right? And what we cover our body with, right? And, um, and Jesus poses this really profound question for these examples. He says in verse 25, and I really want you to ponder this today, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Think about that for a second. Because I know I had to consider that first one. Is life more than food? I, I don't know. I love food, right? Honestly, I think you, I think you haven't lived until you've had a double-double animal style from in and out right? Like, that's, that's pretty amazing right there. But is life more than food and the body more than clothing? But Jesus says, look to the birds. They don't farm their food. God provides them with food, but it doesn't just come to them like manna. They, they hunt daily for their food. God gives them the opportunity to feed, right? Daily, right? And they don't store up for the year. God provides for the birds. And, and Jesus also says, look at the lilies of the field. Look at them in all their beauty. Those lilies in all their splendor are coverings that God has given the fields. Those lilies are the covering that God has given the fields, right? 
Look at them in all their beauty. And when Jesus mentions the lilies, what comes to my mind is the California poppies, right? Like that's the example that jumps to mind. Whole hillsides just engulfed in gold, right? Like that's the way God provides for the fields. And these are the primary examples that Jesus gives uh, to us about worry. But uh, I mean, if we're being real, there's a lot more in our lives that cause us worry, right? Provision, like financially, is always one. Um, like, how are my how are my kids uh, growing up to be adults? Like, what kind of adults are they going to be? Are they going to be a believer in Jesus? Are they going to, you know, go astray? You know, like that's a that's a genuine worry from from a parent. Like, the, like there are all kinds of worries, and yet worry robs us of so much that we cannot control, right? We spend a lot of time thinking and pondering about different possibilities, and Jesus says it in the scripture: uh, "Who can add?" Um, um, a day to your span of life by feeling anxious, right? And so what does worry rob us of? Um, So a few things that worry robs you of when you're worrying about something that you have no control over, worry robs you of the moment you're in. Worry robs you of the moment you're in when you have no control of the future situation. Be present. Be fully present. A um, couple of other things about that, that about worry is worry is, I, I believe that Jesus is saying worry is unnatural. Nature doesn't worry. The fields don't worry about how they're going to be clothed. The birds don't worry about how they're going to, eat the next day. They know that God is going to provide the opportunity for them to, to hunt and to eat. Uh, worry is unnatural. Worry is, is also unhelpful. It's unhelpful, right? It, it doesn't actually change anything. Like you can sit and worry about a year from now today and, you know, yeah, you might be able to make some, some, some changes to what you're doing now that will affect a year in the future, but for, for this day, today, serving the kingdom of God, serving Jesus today, worry about tomorrow is unhelpful, right? And, and also, in, in, in some ways, worry reflects a, a lack of faith in God. Worry reflects a lack of trust and faith that God knows your needs and that God will be your provider right? So what do we do when worry comes? What do we do? How do we, how do we begin to, because we're in this already not yet phase, right? We're, we're, we're already Christian. You know, many of us are already Christian. Jesus is the Lord of our life, but we're not in heaven yet. We're still, we're still in this fallen world where temptation resides. So just because worry is unnatural doesn't mean we're going to have to battle it, not battle it, 
right? We have to battle it daily, especially those who uh, raise their hand and, and suffer for, from anxiety like I do. Um, worry is something that is going to be very present in our life. We're in that already not yet. Jesus is the Lord of our life, but I'm not with him in heaven yet. I'm still on this broken earth, right? And so we're going to have to, we're going to, have to deal with it. And so how do we give God our worry in this, in this beautiful gift exchange? Well, the first one is let Jesus be king. Just let him be king of your life, right? Just let him be king. Give it all to him. Just go give it all to him. All your worry, all your anxiety, put your trust in his provision. Put your trust in his the Holy Spirit's work in your life and just crown him king of your life. Number two, live a day at a time. God gives you enough power and strength for today, for today, right? He, he doesn't give it to you for tomorrow. He doesn't give it to you for a year from now. He gives you enough strength for today, just like he gives the birds food for today. He doesn't equip you to prevent all the future situations you're, you're going to have to go through. He gives you the strength to deal with what comes today. And, and, and that is why it's so important to continue daily, daily to be in relationship with him. Even if it's just a pause at the beginning of your day to say, Jesus, I know you're with me. Holy Spirit, work through me today. I love you. It can be as simple as that. That getting in tune with, with God every single day because he gives you the strength for today, right? And then number three, lean on the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. How many in the room just you know God to be faithful, right? Both my hands are up. You, at some point, there was, a, there was a situation where you didn't know what was going to happen, and, and you brought it to God, and God was, was faithful as always. Philippians 4, 6 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. There are two things Paul says to do with your worry. The Apostle Paul says, go tell God about it, right? Take it to him in prayer. And number two, thank God for what he's already done, because I believe that a thankful heart prepares the way for God to work. There's a song, there's a lyric in a, in a song from when I first started worship leading back in the 2000s, and it says a thankful heart prepares the way for you, oh God. Gratitude for what God has already done prepares the way. And uh, Philipp, so, so let's backtrack. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, 
by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we feel tempted to worry, when we feel tempted to worry, Paul tells us to tell God about it in prayer. Take, take it to him in prayer and give thanks for what he's already done in your life. That's, it's as simple as that. So when you, do, when you dwell on your problems or you dwell on future things that you actually cannot change, you can dwell on the problems or you can dwell on God's promises, right? When you let Jesus be king, live a day at a time and lean into the faithfulness of God, he will guard your heart and your mind with peace, right? What does Jesus say um, in John 14, when, when he's talking about how he's going to have to go to the cross and the Holy Spirit is going to come to rest with the disciples, he says, peace I leave you with. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. See, Jesus doesn't give like the world gives. When I go to a white elephant gift exchange, I'm looking for the best item there, and I'm going to steal it, right? Because I want to walk away with it, right? Um, I think one time I got a, a sign from an In-N-Out bathroom that said, In-N-Out employees must wash their hands. It's the best gift ever. Hung in my office for years. Jesus doesn't approach a gift exchange like this. He wants your worry. He wants your grief. He wants uh, your hurt, your deep-seated hurt. And he says, peace I will leave you with. And I don't give like the world gives. I'm not looking to get something really good in return. I just want to help you because you are my child and I love you. Right? So as the worship team comes, I, I just want to let you know that this worry that we're, that we're talking about, this anxiety that we're ta talking about, you can, you can dwell on your worries or you can dwell on the promises of God. And this worry specifically that we're talking about um, is outcomes that you can't change. Now, for me, in my anxiety, I suffered from anxiety to the point where I would sit in a chair for a long time, almost catatonic, listening to music. And I was so bogged down in anxiety that I just felt frozen. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, answer the phone. I couldn't return an email. And our because of my anxiety 
and wrestling through the stigma of mental health in the church. My family suffered for a long time. And so I want to encourage you that if your worry and anxiety, if you believe, and I would encourage you to ask your spouse or your friends or whatever, if your worry and anxiety goes beyond what feels relatively normal to you, I would encourage you to go get help, medical help. There's no shame in it. There's no, um, in the church we have had a lot of stigma around mental health and the mission has worked really hard in breaking that stigma. Amen. And so I, I want to encourage you that if, you're, if you are doing these steps daily, and you're still overcome with worry, I, I would encourage you to seek medical attention. Um, I had to be put on, a, on an antidepressant for, uh, for my anxiety and depression, and um, it's, it's, I stand before you and it's helped me a lot, and that doesn't mean that I don't believe in God or I don't have enough faith in God, right? I don't, I don't believe that lots of times some of this stuff is a, is a faith issue. Um, but as someone who's wrestled deeply with anxiety on a mental health level, I want to encourage you that the day-to-day -day connection with God, going to God in prayer, giving Him my worry, and, giving, uh, and, and thanking Him for what He's already done, in my life, recognizing that the worry in my life is unnatural, right? That's, that's the key to the struggle. Yeah, the, the meds help, but when my head is right, I am there. I'm there giving it over to God, telling him in prayer, and thanking him for what he's already done, because a grateful heart prepares the way. So I want to pray now. Uh, if everybody would close their eyes. Father God, I don't... <clears throat> Father, I don't know how this message is, is, uh, is striking everyone here, Lord, but God, I, I, I believe that there's someone in the room that really needs to let go of their worry to you. Whether it be over a child or provision, Lord, I pray, God, that right now they would have the courage, Lord, right now, to let you be king. Let you be king over their life. Submit their worry to you, their worry and anxiety. and lean into your faithfulness. Every step of the way, being grateful for what you've done. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. 
For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.